Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind. Presented by FantasyDraft.com. Stevie TPFL and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hello, everyone. It is January. It is the 4th of January. It is a Friday, and yes, I am doing Stevie's intro again. This is the morning grind, and again, I am not Stevie. He just got married, so he's he's enjoying the married life. First first day here, but um, I am Grant. I am taking over for Stevie, and I am joined here by Travis Mangone. How are you doing over there, buddy? Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, excited to jump on here and talk some basketball. Uh, you know, we still got the Warriors and Rockets game going on after the whole Kawhi fiasco of uh, not being vengeful. Uh, so a uh, pretty fun night of basketball uh, on Thursday, but ready to kind of dive in for a better slate because uh, the Thursday slate wasn't the prettiest. Yeah, yeah, and that was only three games. It just wasn't big enough there. But, I mean, it was nice seeing DeRozan just go absolutely ham versus the team that broke his heart, apparently. Um but, yeah, guys, if you haven't already checked out our sponsor, Fantasy Draft, go ahead and check that out. I believe they have the pick and roll going again tomorrow. I think it's 15000 tomorrow, fifteen or 20000 I will double-check on that. A fantastic site, rake-free head-to-heads. They have a $30,000 running gun this weekend for football here. So tons of stuff going on there. 20K pick and roll, $25 entry. They got Interest from $0.25, cents, $0.05, cents, all the way up to $1,000. So whatever you want, they have it. Fantastic site. My favorite site. So go ahead and give it a try. They are the sponsors of the Morning Grind. But in any case, um, real interesting, what is there, 10 games on the slate? Like, what's the first thing that stand out to you? I don't know what we – I mean, I know we normally just immediately jump in, but Trav, anything interesting that we want to point out before we get in? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have some like interesting news that is probably going to affect a lot of the slate, right? Kyle Kuzma is probably the, the biggest one I'm looking for that's questionable. And like that Lakers game, they're already super thin. So if Kyle Kuzma doesn't play, obviously a lot of these Lakers with them already being in a thin spot, some of the value guys might become a little more interesting. And some of the guys who already gotten price hikes are, are still good plays. So um, it's just one of those slates where, again, news is going to dictate a lot, I think. And another thing I kind of thought was the, the stars don't seem that appealing on this slate, right? You have like Giannis against it. Atlanta and then uh, Westbrook against Portland. Uh, all these stars that played on uh, Thursday. It just seems like this is like a really weird slate. Uh, don't know yet, but as, I think as we dive in, it'll be uh, easier to kind of understand. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And something that's been noted is all three teams or all six teams that played Thursday, none of them were playing Friday. No one's on a back to back, so everyone's rested up. So we're good there, but let's dive into the 7 30 game, the only 7 30 game. No game started at 7. Utah versus Cleveland, we have a 208 over-under here with a eight-point spread. Utah's favored. Um, on the Cleveland side of the ball, Del Vadova, I believe, is questionable. We have a few random questionable tags. It honestly doesn't matter too much in my mind. To me, I don't want to use any Cleveland players right now. 
The only one that could possibly interest me is Tristan Thompson. If they do decide that they're going to give him a bit more minutes, before he went out there, he was putting up 40 pretty much every single night. They were giving him a bunch of run. Obviously, he just got back from the injury. Only played 23 minutes versus Miami. But if he gets into the 30-minute range at his 5.9K price tag, he interests me a little bit. You have interest in anyone on the Cleveland side of the ball, Mango? Yeah, so this is like the perfect type of game where you just kind of stay away from, uh, you know, if you're playing on like a slate with late swap, you can clearly just uh, stay away from this and wait for some more news. I just don't have any guys that I'm really prioritizing in this game. Uh, It is worth noting Ricky Rubio is questionable. If Rubio does sit, this could be a perfect game for Dante Exum to play pretty well. Uh, You know, he probably has a pretty nice site around uh, or nice price around the industry. Drafting specifically, he's 3.9K. He'd be an extreme value that you'd just be loading up on your fantasy draft rosters at the guard position just seems like Exum is a really good play if Rubio is out again against a young Cleveland team I could see him being a guy that just kind of goes off and has a really big game Uh, you know we see these like younger players when they have those big games it's when one they get opportunity and two against kind of a bad team so that's what I could see here I do like the Tristan Thompson call a little bit from you if he is going to get the minutes right but I need to know for sure he's going to get like the you know full allotment of minutes like 30 to 35 minutes I think he could be an intriguing play at that price because of what he was doing but I'm going to kind of take the wait and see approach I think and there's already other centers on the slate specifically that I'm interested in so I don't think I'll go the Tristan Thompson route because there's other guys I prefer yeah yeah on the I mean I'm I, like if I, we get news that he's going to get 30 minutes that's that's pretty much it. I don't expect it but it's something to watch out for if not just in this game then in future games it's something you should keep on your mind um I agree pretty much everything you said Exxon would be the guy that I'd be interested in but like Rudy Gobert going against a terrible Cleveland team. I mean, I could easily see him going for 50 here. I think that he's on my radar in tournaments. I think that he could easily be a very good play on today's slate, especially over on Fantasy Draft. But, yeah, other than that, it's pretty much an X-out game. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, real interesting game here. We have Boston versus Dallas. No real injuries on the Dallas side of the ball. On the Boston side of the ball, Marcus Morris is questionable, and Kyrie Irving is out. So a whole bunch of usage here. Let's start off with the Boston side of it. I think that Tatum's in play. Rozier got a price increase in his 6K around DraftKings. Not sure about his price over on FanDuel, but I believe it raised up over there. It was near min price over there. Um, I'll double-check it. But uh, you you buying into the Gordon Hayward game? You going somewhere else? What Boston guys are you looking at, man, going? Yeah, so if you do tell me that Morris is out and Irving, I think that does give Hayward a nice bump. Obviously, we saw him have a pretty good game. A lot of people kind of like to say, oh, Hayward's washed from that injury. That's not the problem with the Celtic team. The problem is there's too many cooks in the kitchen, man. Like, they just have so many good players, so it's kind of an issue. I think Gordon Hayward has a ton of upside at that price at 5.4K. If you're going to take Morris and Kyrie out of the equation, that would be absolutely phenomenal. Even if Morris is in there, I think Hayward is a good play and someone that should be on your radar for tournaments and you can consider in cash games. Terry Rozier at 6.1K, that price isn't my favorite. Uh, it is worth noting. I think I, I saw the stat the other day. It was like when he's, when Terry Rozier has started, he averages 16 points and like eight assists. It was only a couple times this year he started, but he's way more of an offense offensive efficient player when he is the starter just gets it done very well sure the the last game he played we had 39.25 DraftKings points but a lot of that was because of the five steals I wouldn't be expecting him to do that again but he does have upside right we have seen him have some big games 6.1k all in all it's a fair price tag for him but I still think he's in play I do like Tatum too. He's another guy I would look to go to. I think he could just soak up a ton of usage here and have a pretty big game. 
if Al Horford gets off the minutes restriction, like say he moves up to 30 minutes, that could be pretty big for him. And I could see him having a massive game. So I really want to watch that for Al Horford at 6K. That could be intriguing. So again, if you're going to tell me Morris is out, the, the guys I'm really going to look to target in on are Hayward, Tatum. Those are two guys I definitely want to get some exposure to. Rogier, I think he's a fine play. And then if you tell me Horford's minutes are going to get bumped up, he could be an elite play on this slate. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. The one thing that worries me about Hayward is he shot 14 from 18 for 18 from the field, 35 points with only 18 shots. He had one rebound. He only had five assists, no blocks, no steals. I mean, we, we've, we've kind of seen this once before in the season where he just goes off for one random game. This situation kind of matches up for him to do it, but I don't know if I'm going to end up going there. Like Hayward, I think a lot of people are going to buy into it that he's back, that he can crush again, that with Irving out, he's going to do something. I think I'd rather roll with Tatum at just 800 more, 900 more, or even Rozier over him. Like, honestly, I think Tatum's the guy more likely to go off than Hayward is, especially if Morris is out. Like, Hayward like, could be in for still a bit of a bump and more people would flock to him. But I don't know. I, I, I think that all these guys are about fairly priced. Um in reality, like none of them are really must plays, but people are going to force them in. But I think that Tatum and Rosier are the two guys that I would most likely go with here. What about on the other side of the ball? Dallas going up against Boston. Obviously, Boston plays at a slower pace. We have Luca in there that's been doing well. We have Jordan who can go off in pretty much any matchup. Like, I don't know if I have any interest on this Dallas side of the ball in a 10 game slate. Do you? Uh, so there's one guy I definitely really like, and it's DeAndre Jordan. I kind of think he's a pretty elite play, honestly, at that price tag of 6.4K. If you look at him last game against Charlotte, right, he didn't have the greatest fantasy outing. He was someone that people were definitely looking to play, but part of their problem was the minutes, right? And that was because Charlotte got blown out. I mean, they got absolutely killed. I don't really see Boston getting blown out here. If you're going to tell me DeAndre Jordan is going to go against this Boston front court that has been dominated on the boards for a while. We even saw when Al Horford was in Atlanta, he got crushed on the boards. I mean, DeAndre Jordan could have a field day. So I think the upside at that 6.4K price tag is just way, way, way too cheap. So I'm definitely pretty heavy on uh, DeAndre Jordan exposure. I think he's someone I want to get a ton of exposure to in tournaments. I think he's an elite cash game play too, because I think this game is going to be close and you're going to get the full run out of him. I do think Luka Doncic is a guy that, man, he's been so good and I haven't played him as much as I wish I would have this year. And that 7.4 price tag feels pretty expensive, but the dude just prints out like, you know, high 30 and like mid 40 point games. So I think he's a perfectly fine, safe option for your cash games. Not a guy I'm seeking out, but if he kind of fits my lineup, uh, I'm down to play him. And then the, the cheap guys, I don't know. I'm just not really too interested in any of those other guys like Dennis Smith Jr years cheap and could have upset at that price but i'm mainly sticking to uh luca if he kind of just rounds out my rosters and then deandre jordan i think is a really great play yeah i'm kind of right there with you i mean i'm not as high on jordan as you are on DraftKings, but we're on fantasy draft where we can roster a whole bunch of centers yeah he's great and luca that price tag is a little interesting there 74 he hasn't been that low since in weeks uh it's not a great matchup but again he can get it done on pretty much any given game there he can go for 50 so yeah yeah i could see playing both of them they don't stand out completely but rounding out my lineups you're right they could be very good plays before we move on to the next game guys got to mention that if you have not already downloaded the sharp side app go ahead and do that uh you can if you just download the app on your ios or android make one bet then you will be entered or be able to enter a free roll with a ten thousand dollar seat to DraftKings sports betting national championship so guys Get signed up for Sharp Upside, make at least one bet, and you will be eligible for it. 
So, guys, go ahead and do that. Let's move on to the next game here. Washington versus Miami, 214 total. Miami is a six-point favorite. Obviously, on the Washington side of the ball, we still have Wall out. We still have Howard out. We still have all those guys out. We had Otto Porter coming back in the last game. Markeith Morris, I believe, is out with a – he's out for a while with something bad that I can't even remember how to pronounce. On the other side, Wade is questionable. Dragic is still out. Waders came back. Let's start with the Miami side of the ball. 110 implied total here is pretty high. No players priced over 6.9K with wagers going back. That gives up a few minutes here. But we obviously know that Washington is just just terrible, just plain terrible. Um, are you just go, keep going with the Winslow production here? Are you going back to Jay Rich? Do you want to use Whiteside and not worry about the minutes, knowing that Washington's been terrible? Who are you looking at here, man, going? Yeah, so if you had to force me to pick one guy in this game, and it's not safe enough to do in cash games. Uh, if you don't know, I'm, I'm a pretty heavy cash game player. But uh, Whiteside, man, in tournaments, seems like the upside is just insane against Washington. They get crushed on the boards. I could just see him having a really big day. And at that price, we know he has a massive ceiling. Uh, he could go for 50. He could even go for 60. He could just destroy this team on the board. So I like him in tournaments. Thinks he thinks he's a really good play. There's not a lot of guys I really like in cash games, though. I think if you can get the right price on Justice Winslow, I think you can go for it over on DK at like 6.7 K. I'm just not that interested. It's nice though, to get guys that are like forward eligible that are basically point guards on teams, especially against the Washington wizards team where it's the classic get right spot. Always, uh, you can just destroy them. Uh, it just seems like any team that runs into the wizards uh, can have a big game. So I think Winslow's a good play, but you have to get the right price for him. That's kind of the key. And then white size, a tournament play that uh, I think if you're playing like 20 lineups, you got to at least get a share or two because of the upside he has at the price. Yeah, yeah, Winslow or Whiteside is absolutely viable in tournaments. I think you can take shots on Jay Rich or on Winslow. Outside of that, I'm probably just out on the – I mean, it's a great match. I'll probably end up with a game stack here. But it's really just those three guys that are the ones I can trust. I mean, I want to play more, but it's just – Miami's not the team I really want to target. So it would be Whiteside as being the top option by far and then the other two. And it's mostly just tournaments. What about on the other side – we have Washington going up against a not great paced Miami team, not bad defensively, but the rotation is now going to be so condensed here with the fact that Morris is now out too. So it's pretty much going to be it's Bryant is going to get 30 plus minutes. Beal's going to get close to 40 minutes. Ariza is probably going to get close to 40 minutes. Sadoransky is probably going to get close to 40 minutes. And um, what's, what's the one I'm missing? Jeff Green will probably get 30 minutes and Porter will probably get 15 to 20. He was on a 20 minute limit uh, restriction in the last game. And I'm guessing it's going to be the same in this one. Which one of these guys are you targeting? All their prices are going up slowly, but steadily. Yeah, so the good news is like there's, the sites are tr- starting to get there, right, on the prices for these guys. Uh, I think Bradley Beal, he, he's a good play, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm definitely going to spend my money there yet. Uh, it's kind of going to – there's just not a lot of stars in the slates, right? That's kind of one thing that might lead me into Bradley Beal, but the price is definitely getting better at 9.2K. He does have a massive ceiling, and he does have safety because of the usage he's going to see. So I think he's a fine play. We've been plugging in, like, guys like Thomas Bryant, Sanaransky, but with those prices going up, I think this is the day to kind of get off them more so. They're on the road. Washington's not that great of a team, if we're being honest. On top of that, you get the Miami team that is well coached by Spolstra, has a good defense. I'm definitely 
definitely probably lower than the field that sounds like on uh, Washington. Uh, you know, Ariza, he's a perfectly fine play too. Like I get it. He has upside at the price. You can look at Jeff Green, you know, the past couple games, right? 40 fantasy points, both those games. Sure. He could easily do that again. And it's a nice price at uh 5.1 K over on DK. And I think he's fine for cash in tournaments, but, um, I don't know. I just, I'm a little worried about this matchup and I kind of am a little worried that the Heat could just take care of business pretty easily against this Wizards team. What about you? I mean, honestly, every single one of these guys are in play, but they are no longer priorities. I mean, obviously yeah. the last few games we've been forcing them into our lineups every single time. Um, but now they're priced semi-appropriately. I mean, to me, this is basically, this is basically the same as we've seen with the Wolves team in the past. Like Wolves were obviously better, but they had a, just completely condensed rotation where you knew where everything was coming through him. I'd say Beal is by far the best play for tournaments just because he does have 60-point, 70-point upside here with how much usage he is getting, although this isn't really the matchup for it. He's more likely to end in the 40 range, but still his price tag isn't that bad. Bryant, I think you can still play him. Sadoransky, I think you can still play him. It's just, yeah, they're not priorities anymore. I mean, both could end up with 35 or 40 with the amount of minutes they're playing but they're not a guarantee for crushing value anymore. But so, yeah, that's basically where I am. Every one of these guys is firmly in play, but not anything I'm going out of my way for. Yeah, they're, they're just not priority spends anymore. And, like, if you look at the past three games when they were underpriced, it was Atlanta, it was Charlotte, it was Chicago. Like, those were fantastic matchups, and the prices were just stupid. You had to just kind of jam them in your lineups. But at this point, man, like, they're just not priority spends. I think that was, like, the best way to say it. It's not that we think these guys are bad plays, but uh, the prices are just a little bit better, and the matchup's not the greatest. Uh, and I agree with you on Bradley Beal. Again, I kind of think the way this slate is going, there's just not a lot of stars that I love, where I think Bradley Beal could be a pretty good play. Yeah. Yeah, right there with you. Um, let's move on to the next game here, Indy versus Chicago. Indy is a six-point favorite, 202 total here. Not great. The interesting news in this one, first of all, Turner is questionable. Um, I don't know how accurate that is. I found that somewhere. I want to confirm, but I believe that is the case. Uh, but he's questionable. And over on the other side, Holiday got moved out of town. So that notes up a few shots and a few minutes in the rotation here over on the Chicago side. So let's start off with them. Um, no one's priced over 6,500. I mean, Markin, Levine, Dunn, all priced under 6.5K. And the problem is they get a matchup versus Indy. How is the holiday trade going to affect these guys? Um, and who sticks out to you, if anyone, going up against in this terrible matchup where they only have a 98-point total? Yeah, the matchup isn't pretty, right? Uh, this is not the greatest game environment. We also have Levine and Dunn, who don't have many minutes together, and I think they're, these young guys are just trying to figure out how to play with each other. So Justin Holiday, right? That that's a minutes to go around. You got 26 minutes, uh, you know, 40 the game before, and then 38. There, there's minutes to go around with him, trying to figure out where they're gonna like, I guess, allocate them. Like maybe you could get. Jabari Parker sometime. I don't know if they're trying to do that. Um, I know Ryan Archie Diacono, uh, he's a guy that, you know, has been getting 15 and 20 minutes and early in the season, he was getting the mid thirties. So maybe some of the minutes slide over to him. I don't really know. I think that's something that on Twitter, I'm going to have to kind of like find tomorrow and see what the bulls are kind of thinking of doing here, what they're talking about rotations in the, in the uh, conferences tomorrow with the coaches. So I think that's going to be an important thing to be on the lookout for. 
Let's talk about the guys that play, though. Between Levine, Dunn, and uh, Markkinen, I think I'm just going to take a shot on, like, Zach Levine and the upside that he can have. If you do put all three of those guys on the court together with the court IQ, Levine is the guy who sees the highest usage. He may not be producing too well in the small amount of minutes that I saw. I think I had a 60-minute sample size when I looked the other day. He wasn't really producing a ton of fantasy points, but he was getting a huge usage, and usage is what matters. So uh, I guess the shots weren't falling too much, and I just think that there's – at that price at 6.3K, there is upside. So I like him a little, but not not a guy I'm really prioritizing in my cash games or tournaments. Maybe a guy I just get a little bit of exposure to on the slate. What about you? Do you have a better pulse on this situation with Holiday? Not really. I mean, I think – I mean, Holiday's throwing up normally 8 to 12 shots a game. He's playing a bunch of minutes. I mean, I think that maybe it just means more minutes for Levine and slightly more usage here. Um, he'd be the guy that I think it's going to probably affect the most in the best way outside of him. Like I'd want to take a shot on someone here. I'm going to take the wait and see approach though. Cause Indy is just not the right matchup here. It could e- easily end up being a blowout. Um, so yeah, it, it's just like, it, it's, it's not the spot for me to chase here. What about on the other side with Indy going up against a terrible Chicago team? Um, Turner, if he plays, if he doesn't play, I don't know how much that will actually affect me wanting to play too many guys. Who are you looking at here on Indy? Yeah, again, like it's a slate where the studs are Giannis, Westbrook, and then uh, Towns. Like it's just not the greatest, uh, you know, names today. You know, we don't have all of the stars on the slate. So I get if you want to go to Oladipo as a guy, but I kind of think I'd just rather pivot up to Devin Booker for two hundred more dollars against the Clippers in a better game environment. I don't know. I just worry about games against the Bulls. It's great that the Bulls are home because maybe there's a better chance this game stays close. But I don't know. I'm not really in love with the Pacers. I think the only reason I could get on the Pacers tomorrow is if the Miles Turner does get ruled out. If that's the case, uh, go to Galaxy like bonus. We've seen what he can do. The price tag is expensive at 7K, but there is still a little bit of upside there for him. And then Thad Young, he's been absolutely phenomenal uh, as of recently for Thad Young standards, right? So I think he's a guy that can maybe get a little bit of, bit of a bump as well. So the only way I'm going to play any Pacers in this game is uh, if we do get the news on Miles Turner. Yeah, 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 I'm kind of there with you. Um, I mean... Maybe a shot on a little depot, but yeah, Sabonis is a guy that obviously crushes on a permanent basis, and if he gets into the starting lineup here, he could end up with a decent uptick in minutes versus not great Chicago defense. So I'm kind of right there with you. Let's move on to another. Uh, we got a lot of lame games to start off at the beginning, um, but we got Brooklyn versus Memphis. Currently, Conley is questionable. Crab still out. Jefferson still out. Hollis Jefferson still out. Lavert still out. So... I mean, we don't have a total for this yet, but I'm assuming that it's probably going to be pretty darn low here. Let's start off with the Brooklyn side. Russell, Dinwiddie are pretty much always in play, but they're not very much in play. Carroll was a chalk the other night, crushed a little bit, getting 30 minutes per game, but this is not a good matchup. Like, this is another spot where it's like I should have interest in a lot of these guys because of the price or because of the guys that are out, but – this is just a horrible matchup here. Um, you playing any Brooklyn guys? Yeah, so I'm not playing any Brooklyn guys. I mean, 
the only thing that could kind of be interesting again because you got a guy like uh you know Ronnie Hollis Jefferson who's out and the price is nice on Damari Carroll a little bit around the industry and he's been playing well that could make some sense but price has gone up a little bit so I just I just don't play guys against Memphis uh, it's just a pretty simple uh fact for me it's like anytime I see Memphis I know me gravitate uh, away from that game so it also is in Memphis too a little bit tougher of a game environment to play in so I don't know man I'm just kind of passing on that and I really don't like too much on the Memphis side of the ball this just feels like a good game to cross off and move on and hey on a 10 game slate grant sometimes it's good to do that i mean i feel like we've done that on several games but there's some good games coming up here um i think i'll, I'll always play one or two shares of any center ever versus brooklyn so gasol is in play especially if Conley's out um i wouldn't hate playing him but yeah i'm right there with you let's just go on to the next game here we got orlando Versus Minnesota here. Um, news is Rose is out. Covington is out. Teague is currently questionable. Last time this happened, right after shootout round, he was ruled out here. Um, I mean, so if Teague plays, then he is absolutely in play. If Teague is out, Tyus Jones, his price is up. I still think he's in play. Cat, if Covington and Rose are out, which they are, and Teague is out, very much a play. If Teague plays, he's in play. I mean, the situation really doesn't change too much. You just swap Teague and Jones' names out for each other here, in my opinion. But um, just a lot of usage to go around here without Rose and Covington in the lineup. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I agree with you on the Teague and Jones thing. I think you can easily swap them, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, if Teague is just going to get all that run there at the point guard, he'd obviously be a good play. I wouldn't even be shocked if he plays and like they give him like some type of minutes limit, right, and still give Ty some you run. I do like Andrew Wiggins, right? The price is still good on him, at least for the production he's getting in the in the type of situation he's in. So at six point six k, I think he's a play that you can definitely look to have uh, against the Orlando Magic here. But Carl Anthony Towns, man, you have to like him with the usage he's getting. If you look at the last three games, actually the last four games he got 70.2 fantasy points then 86.5 69.75 and then 55.5 it's just really hard to pass on towns here against the magic i know vucevic has been a really good defender this year and that's obviously one thing to look at but man like way too high grant uh have to really really like towns in this spot definitely going to get some exposure to him with no covington in there grant all right any interest in sarge he saw 22 minutes the last game i've just been surprised with how uh poor he's basically been with this team i don't think he's really going to pop off here, but I kind of want to get your take on it. Yeah, no, it was the kind of the same thing in the last game. We were kind of wondering if he was going to get some run possibly at the three. It did not end up happening, and I mean, I was expecting a whole lot of run out of Okaji, and just didn't happen there either. I mean, maybe because it was a tough matchup in Boston, he got into a little bit of foul trouble. I could see him getting a decent amount of run again. As I mentioned, possibly using Dang um, there a little bit on the wing, but I mean, to me, it's Cat is the guy that I'm really looking at. Gibson is an all right play just because I play Gibson fairly often, um, and his price tag isn't terrible. I'll use whichever point guard is starting between Jones and Teague here, and then I'll probably, like, Okaji, I think is the same price still over on FanDuel. He's not the worst fun in the world. And on DK, with the way the slate is kind of turning out for me as I'm looking through it again and again, I, I think that he's still in play at 3,900. I think he could be in for 30-plus minutes, and he's not a great point-per-minute guy. But if he has a decent game, he could end up with 32 at, or even 25, I'd take it, this $3,900 price tag. But that's basically where I'm going with Minnesota. What about on the other side with Orlando? I think Simmons is questionable. That's the only thing really there. But um, 
to me, Augustine's one of the top value plays on the slate. Uh, last game, complete and utter blowout. He only got 25 minutes of run. But prior to that, each of these games where he's getting 30, high 30s, low 40s minutes here, he's getting 40 points. He's still only 4.2 or 4.3K. His price tag just hasn't risen here. I love him. And then, obviously, Voost versus, versus Towns defense, absolutely in play here. What about you? Yeah, I think the uh, Augustine call is a good call. It wasn't really a guy I was too interested in. I, I don't know. I just don't like the Orlando side that much. Uh, problem is, like, Vucevic, he, he's a perfectly fine option. But, I, I mean, if, I, if I'm going up to the top, I'm probably going to Towns. It's just pretty plain and simple. So, I don't know. Orlando side, I really don't have too much interest in. There's just not many prices that are appealing. If you can get Aaron Gordon at, like, a cheap price somewhere in the industry, there is upside at that price. And I could see him having a good game. Definitely uh, rounding in a better form. So, I think he's intriguing for an upside uh, play but i don't know not really playing too many orlando guys today sorry i knocked my headphone out for a second but i'm assuming you're on the same page as me <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah all right uh let's move though fyi guys if all these games sound boring we got some decent ones that are coming up pretty soon here where a lot of the main plays of the slate are going to come up let's get to one that's potentially there but probably not we have milwaukee versus atlanta um 230.5 total here. Milwaukee is favored by 14, though. Um, obviously, Milwaukee, one of the best spots you can possibly get for a team for DFS purposes, but the problem is it's Milwaukee, and they could very easily end up blowing out. Bazemore is still out. Torian Prince, I believe, is doubtful, maybe questionable, but he could potentially be in there. To me, Atlanta side of the ball, you want to entirely fade Milwaukee is a very good defensive team. Uh, this could end up being a blowout. You want to either fade him or I could see stacking. Like realistically, Collins can still blow up at any given game here. Deadman's price or Lynn's price, either one of them could end up blowing up and they're still pretty cheap here. Bembry is super cheap as an add in piece, and Trey Young can obviously, if he gets hot shooting, go for 40 here. I don't want any of these guys as a one off, but in a game stack, they do intrigue me. What about you? Yeah, so let's talk about – I heard John Collins was one of the names that you mentioned that I thought was interesting. And, uh, dude, I'm just going to read you the game log, Grant. He's 7.5K over on DK, but, uh, I mean, here it is. 36.5, 50.5, 33, 40, 38.25, 44, 41.25, 42.5, 31, 43.75. I mean, this dude has just been absolutely printing out points every single day. And now he gets a match against Milwaukee where they struggle on the boards. Like, John Collins is a really good play. It's definitely not a comfortable price to pay for him. But, man, it just seems like it's been too good what he's been doing. So, uh, it seems like he won't disappoint you, and he has some upside. So, I like John Collins. I think he's a nice play. Now, let's talk about Giannis, man. I've I struggled to get him right this year. It's been uh, kind of frustrating. I did fade him, though, in that Detroit spot, which was an awesome, awesome win for me, it felt like, because uh, I went to Kawhi instead, and that was – Oh, that felt so good to get that finally and break through and not, uh, you know, not get Giannis wrong. So um, here, though, Grant, it's just too good of a spot, right? But do you worry about the blow-up? Because we know what Milwaukee does. Milwaukee likes to take him off the court if they can. They did that in the Detroit game. He only got 26 minutes. Do you have any fear of rostering him, or do you think the Hawks can keep this close? I have, I have a lot. I, I mean, this is one of the few spots where if it were in Atlanta, I'd be slightly less worried about 14-point spread here. I don't know if I can trust him for cash. Um it's just it, – it, it's tough to go with. I mean, him, Middleton, Lopez, Bledsoe, all of them can go off for and just crush value here going against Atlanta because pretty much everyone is. I will have some shares in him, but 
I don't, I mean, I have to look into it more. I don't know if he's safe for cash. Like, I don't know if he's a guy you, you don't want to blow that much money on him in cash. It's not like Harden who's guaranteed the 60 pretty much every single night. It's not like Anthony Davis with the injuries who's guaranteed. Uh, Giannis could end up with 26 minutes here and 45 points realistically. This turns into a blowout. We've seen it many times before here. So, honestly, his one-offs, like, anytime I'm throwing Giannis or Middleton or multiple guys from the Milwaukee side in, I am just throwing in at least columns on on the other side to hope this game stays close. Yeah, it makes sense when you play this game to just kind of game stack it up and uh, call it a day. Uh, another guy I'd obviously want to put in there is Brooke Lopez, right? Uh, he's been absolutely crushing just uh, putting out some pretty good games left and right. Uh, price is up at 5.7K, but, uh, you know, the Hawks are a team that can get crushed on the boards, uh, even though he doesn't board too much, but uh, they can get crushed from the three-point line with that fast pace and just Brooke Lopez can get some easy open three-pointers. So, yeah, I do think Lopez is a perfectly fine option, but I, I like your take on it. And I am kind of scared to play Giannis in cash games, mainly because, man, if your top-tier guy duds, like you just feel like you're dead and you feel like your night is over. It's really tough to recover from that at that price. So I kind of like some more, uh, some guys more in this like 9K, 8K, 7K range, and I'd rather kind of spend my salary, I think, there than go all the way up to Giannis. But if you are going to play Giannis, I think running it back with uh, some Hawks is a good call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something you mentioned for cash games, we haven't gotten there yet, but we have OKC at the end. So Paul George and Westbrook in a game that should be close. I don't know. They don't have a spread out for it yet, but um, that's my assumption here. Let's get into one of the more interesting games in the slate. We have the Clippers versus the Suns here, 231 total here. Minus four for the Clippers. They are the favorite, and not a single player on the Clippers side is priced above 7.3K. And they have the highest total on the entire board here, expected to stay close, going against a porous defensive Phoenix team. Let's start off with the Clippers here. Harrell, 7.2K. Harris, 7.1K. Gallinari, 7K. Lou Williams, 6.7K. All these guys, in my opinion, could end up absolutely crushing their value here. I love all of them going against this Phoenix team in such a high total game. Like I, I, these are some, these are where you really want to go on the night. I want one or two of these guys in most of my lineups here. It could just be me. I could just be real excited about this. And the game after this could kind of deter me, but who are you looking at in this Clippers team? Yeah, so, man, like, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Like, all three of those guys are phenomenal, right? Harold, Harris, and Gallinari. It's kind of hard to decipher between them. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, it does feel like uh, Montrez Harrell, he has big games in, in those spots where you expect, like, a, a high-energy environment. And it seems like this could be one of them, right? And we don't worry about Aiton uh, really being that great defensively. So, I could see Harrell having a big game. If you force me to pick one, I guess that's the guy that's my favorite right now. But I think all three guys are phenomenal plays, and it's really close trying to pick between them. So, it makes and match them throughout your lineups. Uh, I do think you want to get exposure to all three of the guys if you're, you know, running like multi-entry scripts and tournaments. Uh, Lou Williams, man, I know you didn't mention him, but he's a guy, he's an absolute walking bucket. He gets the uh, Suns where it's just easy to score on. And when this guy's hot, man, I, I want to play him, right? If you look at his game log, 40.5, 41.25, 50.25, 29.25, and 36.5, he's putting up like about 18 shots a game. I mean, it's tough to really not want to play Lou Williams here in this spot. The price has gone up at 6.7k but i like some lou williams here i think he could have a really big game in this spot against the suns on the road where when you're on the road grant it's tough to get a bucket sometimes and when you need a bucket you go to lou williams 
Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, something that should be mentioned is the of the last five games, the first two that he put up 40, uh, 22 and 25 minutes played. He's been at 31 or close to 31 in the last three games here. This is just a perfect spot. You know he's going to put the put up a shot at least 20 times in this game. And Harold, yeah, we mentioned him earlier. Him and Lou play a lot better together. I I mean, I, I, I will play a bunch of all these guys. What about on the other side? I mean, Booker, you have to assume, is going to go absolutely ham here. We have Aiden, which this is – He's easy to been crushing lately. His price tag is up a little bit, but I still don't think it's that or too high here. We have Warren in here who we've seen go play 40 minutes and put up 40 points on a very pretty darn often here. Who are you looking at? Who's your favorite guy over here on the Phoenix side? Yeah, so I, I, Warren, obviously, he makes sense at that price. He can have some upside. He's just not a guy I play because, again, I'm more of a cash game player, and he's not normally the uh, safest guy in the world. But uh, I think TJ Warren could fit well in this matchup. If you have the money for Devin Booker, of course, he's a phenomenal play. But, man, I don't know. Uh, I did talk about how this slate, like if you're not going to pay for Giannis because of the blowout, and let's say you you don't really want to pay the price tag on Westbrook and you want to live more in this mid-tier on guys. Uh, I guess I'm calling Booker more mid-tier. But, um, yeah, I think 9K, it's not my favorite price tag on him but i think he's in play right he's not just like plug and play cash play but i think he's someone that you can get exposure to on the slate it's weird like again i have a cash game brain cash game mind and like not a lot of these guys stick out as just like extreme values by any means that's kind of one of the things i worry about i see deandre and he's been absolutely phenomenal lately but a 7.8k price tag compared to some of these other centers on the slate it seems like more of a difficult roster but again the way the the way the slate is kind of structuring in my mind i don't think we're going to be paying up for as many of these guys maybe we'll pay for like a Westbrook or a Paul George, right? I think those guys are going to be really good plays. But I ultimately think we're going to be living in this mid-tier more. So I don't know. I think maybe Aiton's the guy I go to. That's my, my long-winded answer. If you force me to pick, I guess I could go to Aiton because the price is nice and could make us a safe cash game play. Warren is just a little scary at the 6.2K price tag and can struggle. And then uh, Booker, it's just 9K is expensive on him. Yeah, 9K is expensive, but I want to bring someone back over on the other side here. And Booker's probably the guy that – I'd most likely end up going with, I, I, I mean, Booker has potential for 65. I mean, who are we, who would you rather play Booker or Beal? Yeah. I mean, dude, that's like the, that's the crazy thing, right? Uh, Booker and Beal are both great plays. Uh, you probably, if you're playing Clippers, you want to run it back with Booker. Uh, it, it's pretty clear if you're going to have, Clippers in your lineup, you want to run it back with Booker easily. Bradley Beal, I think is a fine play, but I don't know. Um, the more I'm thinking about it, because I don't like the Wizards' side of the ball as much. Maybe I do want to run it back with Booker and call it a day. Um, and the problem with Aiton, again, I think Aiton's a good play, and he's fine, and the price is, like, sure, he's going to get your 40 fantasy points. It feels like, right, Grant, at 7.8K, uh, you're pretty happy about that. But my one fear is, I just think there's a lot of good centers on this slate, right? There's Carl Anthony Towns. There's DeAndre Jordan. There's Whiteside, who I talked about had upside. There's a guy like Montrez Harrell that I'm sure you can slide over at center in, in some spots. So there's Sabonis, who could become a center option. We haven't gotten to Steven Adams, who could have a really really good game against Nurkic here, who's only 6.9K. There's just a lot of center options that you can go to. So, you know, I'm going to track my statement on liking Aiton more, and I think I'm just going to go with you on Booker, Grant. Uh, the, the more I think about it, I think you were right on the Booker ball. Yeah, that's, that's what I like to hear. Let's move on to the next game, which is very interesting. And, like, honestly, could it – like, I got real excited about the Clippers. They're not the only LA team that I'm really excited to play. We have the Lakers. James is still out. Rondo is still out. Kuzma is currently questionable. And everyone just got so darn excited the other day um, when they ran court IQ and they saw what happens without LeBron. 
and without Rondo on the floor and how good, blah, blah, blah. Well, Kuzma has been playing 40 minutes a game. Like prior to the last game where he got injured, he's been playing 40 minutes a game. I'm trying to figure out, like, obviously Ingram's probably going to get another bump in usage. Ball is probably going to get another bump in usage. They have no guys to really fill in Kuzma's role. I'm trying to figure out what to do here over on the Lakers side of the ball. I think Ingram and Ball are pretty much locked. But I'm trying to figure out who else I can throw into my lineup. I mean, Hart should be in for a lot of minutes here. Could potentially see KCP with more minutes. Could see McGee with more minutes. Like, I'm trying to figure out what to do here. Who are you looking at in the Lakers uh, with Kuzma potentially in and Kuzma potentially out? Yeah, so I'm just kind of operating uh, that Kuzma's out right now just because it's a back. Like, that sounds awful. But, again, uh, stay tuned. The Rotogrinders alerts will uh, give you that news, and we'll kind of see. But if Kuzma is out, because, again, we know what the situation is when Kuzma is in. If he's out, I pulled up the Rotogrinders court IQ to see what kind of what pops. And in 262 minutes, Grant, Lance Stevenson gets a 26.5% usage, and he has a 1.15 fantasy points per minute. Um, I know he doesn't exactly correlate perfectly there but you can see guys like slide down right like Lance Stevenson is not just going to slide into Kuzma's role but guys just will drastically move down to the power forward that played small forward and they'll just make a spot for Lance Stevenson and uh, on that second team right he's going to absolutely just soak up all the usage and I think for a cheap guy I think you can see a really big Lance Stevenson game out of nowhere you're right about Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. They are definitely going to be like the top guys that you're jamming into your cash games, right? You want to load up on Ball. You want to load up on Ingram. I think that he's the guy that gets actually the biggest beneficiary there because of just kind of saw Lonzo Ball. We know he's the primary point guard, right? But uh, the, the secondary was split between Kuzma and it was split between Ingram. And now you're going to see Ingram. He's really going to you know take on a bigger role. And if you watch that game when Kuzma went out the other day, Ingram did take on a bigger role, and he had a really nice game. He also gets a 31.1% usage in 145 minutes. I really think Brandon Ingram is my favorite guy. I also like Lonzo Ball. And then uh, my secondary guy is Lance Stevenson. When I pulled up the court IQ, too, another thing that was interesting, and you, I think you brought up his name, JaVel McGee, for some reason he leads the entire team in fantasy points per minute when you take off uh, LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma. I guess I should have took off Rondo, too. That kind of may have mucked some stuff up. But either way, it's kind of interesting to see that uh, McGee gets a pretty big bump there. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, he obviously just came back from pneumonia. He's had a few days. I don't know how long it takes to actually come back from that. Um, but, like, I- I'm just trying to figure out, like, all right, so Vonley, we'll get to the next in a second. Vonley on the other side, he's a pretty big guy. Ingram and him are the same height, but Ingram – probably he's 40 pounds lighter than him. Um, like, who's who are they going to get to guard Vonley on the other side? Like, who are they going to – are they going to rebel two bigs? Are they just going to move Ingram down, hope that he can take care of them? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, maybe it's too early. Maybe who knows if Kuz will actually play. That, that's – like, I mean, Stevenson's probably got four in- – Vonley's got four inches on Stevenson. I don't know. That, that's just my immediately, immediate thoughts here. Um but, yeah, they could end up using Stevenson. Guys, look for what people are saying tomorrow. Obviously, yeah. we need to look into this more. There's a first-look podcast. But what about on the other side with the Knicks? Like, if Kuzma is out, I mean, even if Kuzma's in, I love Vonley here. Um, I really like him. Cornette, his price keeps going up, but it's still at the point where I think you can consider him in this type of matchup here going up against the Lakers at a really fast-paced game. Like, honestly, there's not a single guy starting for the Knicks that I am not considering. Um, they're all priced 6500 or under. We don't have a total yet on this game, but I'm assuming it's going to be fairly high, one of the highers on the slate. Who, Which guys are you prioritizing on the Knicks? 
Yeah, so it's tough. Uh, one guy, I just think it's it's crazy the minutes he's been getting is, is Kevin Knox. Uh, 39, 41, 39, 37, 37, 36. If you just want like consistent minutes every night, and if you're getting consistent minutes against the Lakers, man, that's tough to like not like get some exposure to. So 5.9K, uh, I think he's an interesting play that you can consider. Moutier, again, he's a perfectly fine option that you can go to. I don't see like the Knicks' guys that I'm – prioritizing throughout my lineups they kind of felt like the kings on this slate if you played on the thursday slate against the nuggets i I like a lot of these price tags on guys and i think a lot of different guys have upsides and it seems like i'm just gonna mix and match them throughout my lineups where they fit right uh if kevin knox fits throw him in there moody fits uh put him in you can see tim hardaway jr at 6.2k having a massive game against the lakers in that running gun style offense so uh yeah i think Long story short, I think all these guys are in play between like Knox, Moutier, Hardaway Jr., and Bonley. I think they all have some type of upside at that price. If you force me to pick one, I'm just going to think side with Knox because those minutes are so insane and the price tag is really good. And I could see him just having a pretty big game in this spot. Uh, last thing I just want to note is Enos Cantor. He only played 20 minutes against Denver, but he did have a pretty big game going for 36.5 fantasy points. So uh, I wouldn't hate taking a shot on him because we know what bigs can do to the Lakers. If you want to just take a real long, dark GPP chance, but there's no way you can roster him in cash games and feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I rarely feel safe with Knicks and cash. I still end up doing it half the time, but um, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's why I think Kevin Knox, man, like the minutes are just insane. Like uh, that was something I didn't notice the other day. It's just he's getting so many minutes. So I at least feel safe that he's going to get all of that run and the price is right too. So uh, yeah, and he also got rookie, uh, I think he got a Eastern Conference rookie of the uh, month. So uh, good for him. Yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe Dean was mentioning this the other day. I don't want to give him credit for anything here. Um, but I think you did mention that Knox was near the bottom of the league in terms of real plus minus. Just a side note that was on my mind there for a second because it's way too darn late at night. But, yeah, I'll play any of the Knicks. I'll bring him back. Like, I'm, I'm stacking this game up probably as much as I'm stacking up the Clippers game tonight. But we got one more game here, uh, OKC versus Portland. Currently a pick em. Who is questionable? Is anyone questionable in this game? I think – I think everyone's good to go uh, here. Just, just Alex Abrinas. Uh, but, I mean, does, does Alex Abrinas really mean that much to this team? Eh, not really. No, no, it doesn't matter. But um should be a close game. should be a very good game here. We've got George that's been fantastic lately. Um, Westbrook, Adams, who are you looking at on the OKC side? Yeah, so, you know, if I am playing a stud on this slate and his name's not Carl Anthony Towns, it's, it's probably Russell Westbrook. Uh, I just I think I prefer him over Giannis uh, against Portland. But the one thing I do really like about this game, too, is uh, if Portland is at home, uh, obviously with them being at home, I expect this game to be a little bit closer because I think the Thunder's a better team, so that's good. Do we have a spread yet on this game, Grant? Have you seen one out there? Um, no, I don't think we do not, but I'm going to go check. I got one here right now. Uh, it's a two twenty-three and a half total, and it's a pick'em. So again, that, that's obviously encouraging to see. And I expect this one to be a back and forth game and be absolutely awesome to watch. Uh, I think I'm going to have Westbrook and Paul George exposure on a lot of my lineups. Uh, they're expensive, but again, like we talked about, Giannis and being scared of the blowout. And the other stud that I really liked on this slate was Towns. Uh, I think he's fine, but I could see myself like I said, these other centers I like on this slate, like DeAndre Jordan, who's in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, I could see myself maybe looking to spend up at the small forward position on a Paul George who's been phenomenal I see him having a big game and then even a Westbrook too because man you know how Westbrook is when he gets going and against a guy like Damian Lillard I could see him getting up for this game yeah yeah no I'm kind of right there with you I'll play a decent amount of OKC guys the only problem is that I like the 
Clippers and I like the Lakers more when you consider everything point per dollar, but all these guys are good spend up spots. What about over on the Portland side of the ball? Um, if you're playing Westbrook and you're playing a decent amount of Georgia, are you bring it back with Lillard or you bring it back with Nurk or you maybe even CJ McCollum, like OKC plays at a high pace, but they're also a very good defensive team here. Um, I mean, obviously I think they'll rank first defensive efficiency versus the guard. Um, I believe that Nurkic is going to get have a tough time going up against Adams, but he's priced at 8K2 because of what he did the other night here. Who are you bringing it back with, if anyone? Yeah, so I also forgot to mention Steven Adams. I mentioned him earlier, but 6.9K against Nurkic, who's not the greatest defender at the center position. I could see him having a pretty nice game as well. But, uh, yeah, who to run it back with? Uh, that's kind of, like, the, the tough debate to have. We've seen, like, Mo Harkless, right? He's emerged from his uh, shell out of nowhere and been having good games. But uh, I don't think I'm really going to go there. Uh, I'm a little worried about going to any of these, like, Portland guys. It's just what really strikes you as exciting on this side of the ball? The one thing that's kind of intriguing is, like, Damian Lillard's only 8.6K, but again, I think there's other guards I prefer on this slate. I'm never a big fan of rostering CJ McCollum, so I'll probably pass on him. This is this is just like a really good defensive team, and I think I'm just taking my chances on these OKC guys, and I guess I'm just not going to run it back because I think there's other guys in the mid-tier that I just would prefer, like in that Lakers-Knicks game and the Clippers-Phoenix game. There's just a lot of, a lot of good plays in the mid-range I'd rather play than these uh, Blazers players. Yeah, I pretty much always at least Dean uh, Nurkic there at 10% in almost every single slate he's on just because, I don't know why, the guys won me a lot of money, Lillard. Yeah, he, he, listen, he, he won me a lot of money the other day too. I was all over him, but he just feels so pricey, man. But I, I get it. Uh, it's just tough. The price is really expensive. Yeah, I mean, what are you expecting? Like you're expecting 40 points out of him? That's 5X. Like who, who's going to end up scoring more points, I guess, is my thought. Like Ingram, Ball, Harris, Harrell. Lou Williams, Gallinari, like if I had to take each of them, I mean, I'm take, I might take Nurk barely, but probably not consider, and he's 800 more. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, normally we play the morning grind game right now, but I'm not Stevie and I, I cannot remember all the categories here. Um, so let's, let's just, just tell me your favorite game stack. Okay, so yeah, overall, probably my favorite game stack. And again, it's definitely looking at the night games, right? This is definitely a day to backload your lineups. If there happens to be any type of news, like again, the Kuzma, we don't have that. Uh, feel free just to, to backload your lineups because that's where the better games are. Uh, I'll leave you to the one that I think you're going to have, but I'll go with the Knicks and Lakers. Uh, I think that's one that you can definitely get some exposure to. I think some of those minutes on the young guys are pretty secure on the Knicks. You just have to make sure you pick the right ones. And then I'm kind of banking on Kuzma being out. And I can see there being a lot of uh, really nice value on the Lakers side of the ball so I'll go with that uh Lakers next game as my favorite game stack yeah I was just gonna pick the other Lakers or the other LA game that you didn't pick so obviously Clippers Phoenix everyone every guy priced decently high in that game is a very good play here play them but that should do it guys uh Stevie he'll be back next week I believe so you don't have to worry about putting up with me anymore make sure to congratulate him on his nuptials um Guys, if you haven't downloaded the Sharpside app, download it, swipe at least once, make one bet, and you will be have a chance to enter the free roll for that ticket to the Sports Betting Championship. And as always, if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, do it immediately. It is my favorite site. It is a fantastic site. Full positional flexibility. You can play five centers. You can play five point guards. You can play five of pretty much any position you want there. It's a fantastic place to play. Has a $30,000 running gun this weekend, so get on over there, guys. 
It's been fun. Thanks for joining me, Trev. We're out of here. See you, kids.